We are back. We never left, but we're back. Part two of extending the play with NFL Eagles insider John McMullen. Be sure to follow him on Twitter at JF McMullen. John writes for phillyvoice.com, Sports Illustrated at si.com. And a lot, all of his work, not a lot of it, all of his work can be found on his Twitter page at JF McMullen. So be sure you follow him there. Be sure to follow myself at Wise Rye, R Y E at the end and john on part one we've been calling these episodes part one and two so we'll stick with it on part one obviously the big news uh in the philadelphia eagles world is andre dillard and that injury that he sustained torn bicep out for the season that's been a big storyline anyway prior to the injury jason peters retiring quote unquote bringing jason peters back what that meant for dillard what that meant for jp etc etc Andre Dillard's down, so we detailed all of that. If you missed that episode, be sure to check that out. But now, John, there's a lot of toys, a lot of weapons for Carson Wentz, at least in my mind. Maybe you can correct me. Maybe a lot is a little bit dramatic. But there's storylines, the tight ends. How has Zach Ertz looked? Uh, Dallas Goddard, how has he looked? What's going to be both of their their roles moving forward? Darius Slay, the new weapon. Has he looked great? Has he been a little bit disappointing? Holyfield, the running back, that's been a big story. So I'm throwing a lot at you, but there's a lot to cover. John McMullen, where do you want to start? Well, I think what has interested the fans the most is the receiver position, understandably so because of just how bad that was last season. And I think, you know, that's part of the optimism. Can't be worse, (laughs) let's be honest. Uh, It's got to be better. You could argue that was 32nd out of 32 teams as far as uh, the production the Eagles got from receiver. A lot of that had to do with injuries. So uh, the hope is Deshaun Jackson uh, stays healthy. He's he's looked great. Uh, What what a tremendous receiver. I, I don't think he gets enough credit as everybody knows what he is as a, a deep threat, a home run hitter. But he's by far the best route runner on this team. Um, everything is so sharp with him. So the only concern there is the injury history uh, and his age. And, and you kind of expect best case scenario, maybe misses a few games, but you can live with that. If you get 13 games out of Deshaun Jackson, I think you take That's that. a home run. And then from there, yeah. I, and from there, I think, the compliments are much better. And it starts with Jalen Rager. It should as a first round pick. He's as advertised Ryan from an explosive standpoint. I I mean, he is in and out of cuts so quickly, so explosively Uh, scouts call it putting your foot in the the ground and going. Uh, He's great at that stuff. So as a manufactured touch guy, he's going to be really, really explosive. Uh, the question is, can he turn into a route runner? And that's been positive so far uh, because a lot of people look at him and say 5'11 should be in the slot, but he's been playing outside. Alshon Jeffrey's still rehabbing from the Liz Frank injury. So he, he's been playing the X position a lot, sort of going back and forth with J.J. Ortega-Whiteside uh, on the first team. Uh, so all that is good. And J.J. himself, by the way, has lost about 10 pounds, 
looks far How quicker. How does he look, John? Looks far more Just confident. to jump in. Yeah, he's, yeah. He, How does he look? He's been great. The other day he caught three touchdowns in the red zone, and that's what you want uh, from J.J. Uh, and I think Aaron Moorhead is the new uh, wide receiver coach of this team. Uh, we've seen <laughs> there's been five and five years in the Doug Peterson era. But for people that remember Aaron when he was a player with the Colts, he's six three and a half. Uh, he is a big-bodied receiver, and I think he's been very helpful uh, to JJ because he understands big guys. He understands how they have to play, and I think he's helped him uh, understand how to use his body more, and that's showing up certainly in the red zone. And I think, hey, if even if you just get a red zone threat, with J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, that's a huge uh, step forward. From Is he going to be a contributor? Do you, th- do you feel like he's going to have a legitimate role that Doug Peterson uh, and the rest of the offensive coaching staff is going to be able to trust uh, Ortega-Whiteside? Well, I, I, I'd say yes uh, uh, until or if Alshon Jeffrey is back. I mean, if Alshon is back and healthy um, – and whether that's week one, which I doubt, week four, week eight, uh, I think he he settles back in uh, to that that X spot, uh, and he'll be the starting receiver. And then you know you talk about depth, and 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 it's good. We just talked about it on the prior show on the offensive line. It's good to have depth. Uh, so I think a lot depends on on how quickly Alshon is back. That will naturally limit some of J.J.'s opportunities. But until that point, yeah, he's going to be a big part of this offense, and the Eagles are preparing for it. Carson seems more comfortable with him. Uh, He's admitted uh, learning the offense was difficult for him last year, so he seems more confident. Um, And and from that standpoint, it's all been a positive. Uh, Greg Ward hasn't had a great camp. But that has more to do with the guy on the other side, who Nikel Roby Coleman has been. I can't even tell you how good he has been. Really? Uh, as the nickel corner. Oh, he's been unbelievable. I, 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 I did my 10 thoughts, 10 practices piece on SI.com. Other than Fletcher Cox and Jason Kelsey, who are so good. And I probably should have mentioned Zach Ertz as well. I didn't. I probably we'll should We'll get have. to a couple more offensive pieces. But I, I'm curious about Nicole Roby Coleman because – I liked him. Um, I, I liked the Eagles bringing him in, I should reiterate. And uh, I, I know he's flexible in, in the fact that he can be pretty much anywhere in the secondary and on the defensive side of the ball. Um, but you mentioned in the article, and then you take the floor here, as you just mentioned here, not named uh, Fletcher or Jason. He's been the best. That's, I mean, that's eye-opening yes. for me, John. Yeah, he has been unbelievable. And like I said, I should have said Zach as well because he's yeah. on that same level. Um, so I should have added him. But other than those guys, he's been the best player at camp. Uh, and he has just locked down. I, I joke, Greg Ward is going to be so happy to see another team's jersey and to see another team's slot corner uh, because this guy just stays in people's hips. Uh, and, and even Deshaun Jackson, I talked about Deshaun. Deshaun has been killing people with his route running, even Darius Slay. He can't get rid of Nickel Roby Coleman. I mean, that's how good he's been. Uh, but he is, uh, you know, he is short. 
Um, that limits him. He's not going to play outside. He is going to play in the slot. But if you go back to the Super Bowl season and how well Patrick Robinson played in that position, this guy's better than Patrick Robinson. Wow. Um, and, and, and this is just, you know, people talk about it. Vontae Maddox is going to be on the outside, and he's having a good camp. Cravon LeBlanc. Now, this guy is top five nickel cornerback in this league, and this might be the Eagles' best pickup in the offseason. They got and, him for peanuts. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I, I mean, a lot of it is, and Nikel talked about that with reporters this week, that position, for whatever reason, is devalued in the NFL uh, because they don't consider them as poor, as important as outside corners. That that's kind of old school thinking. That's going to catch up in the next few years because nickel corners are starters now, not not the third linebacker. Uh, so he's going to play a lot. And he's going to be really impactful on this defense. And yeah, it's a tremendous, tremendous value sign. Yeah, I think that's the biggest uh, factor in that story. Is okay, he's playing really well over this ten day stretch. But even if he doesn't come out the gate at that level and just a little below it for what the Eagles brought him in for dollar wise. Uh, it seems like that's going to be a big boost in the secondary. So what about Darius Slay, John? Because if you have NRC playing at this level and then you bring in your prize possession of Slay, they should be in pretty good shape, right? Yeah, I, I think they are in pretty good shape because you're talking about the best outside corner in the, in the Peterson Schwartz era and the best nickel corner in the Peterson Schwartz era, even better than Patrick Robinson, as I said, with Nicole Roby Coleman. But with Darius Slay, I think expectations are key because we know how this city is. And whether you go to Nandi Asamoah, whether you go to Byron Maxwell, I think people are expecting superstar Deion Sanders. <laughs> now, I, I, I joke, there's only two lockdown corners in the NFL right now. Uh, Stephon Gilmore and Tredavious White, both in the AFC East. That's it. So if you're expecting that, you're going to be and even those guys, John. Correct me if I'm wrong here. But they aren't lockdown corners, like they're 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 the two I think best. They're the two best. Yeah, yeah, they're the best. Uh, but everybody gets balls caught on. Even exactly. Deion. I mean, everybody. I mean, that's just the nature of this game. Uh, so I, I think a lot of it has to do with expectations. If you're expecting all pro, Hall of Fame level play, which I think some people are. Um, you're not going to get that. What you're going to get is a, a really good corner who's a lot better than what you had. So as long as those are the expectations and understanding, yeah, he's going to get beat. Deshaun Jackson runs by him basically once every practice. Um, it, it's going to happen. So if you go in with that understanding, but he's better than Jalen Mills, he's better than Ronald Darby, He's better than every other corner that even you won a Super Bowl with. So that, to me, is a positive, as long as you place it in, in the proper context. Yeah, that's absolutely a positive. So uh, good news there from what John has saw every day here over the past 10 uh, days of, of practice at the Novacare Complex. Roby Coleman has looked good. Darius Slay, I think we have to reel in our expectations, but that doesn't mean he's not going to be a force 
on the outside. And another guy here in the secondary, John, to wrap up our secondary talk, Sidney Jones. What's up with him and what are the Eagles going to do? Well, I think they should trade him. Uh, And I I think ultimately a lot of people looked at Rasul Douglas as well as potential uh, trade bait, but it's pretty clear. I mean, Sidney doesn't practice. He's he's hurt again, Uh, lower body injury. Never on the field. It's pretty evident. Jim Schwartz can't contain himself at times. He tries not to tell us anything, but he tells us something by the way he talks. And, and really, if you go back to last season, Ryan, I, I mean, Sidney actually played well late last season in the limited opportunities he got. And if you go to the playoff game against Seattle, people are saying, okay, there's injuries. Who's Jim going to stick outside? Sidney's playing well. Nope, he moved Devontae and Cravan outside. Uh, didn't even consider it. He does not like him. He does not think he's tough enough. And when you're at that point where the defensive coordinator isn't even going to take it uh, under advisement, so to speak, you might as well move on and cut your losses. And I think that's where we are with Sidney Jones. Yeah, I I think it's time. (laughs) It's time in this relationship with Sidney Jones to, uh, to just move on if you're the Philadelphia Eagles. So we'll keep an eye on that and see what they do, if anything. Uh, extending the play, NFL Eagles insider John McMullen. Subscribe to us, Apple, Spotify, any of the podcast platforms. Extending the play is there for you. We're also on YouTube at Jacob Media, Jacob with a K. Uh, subscribe to the channel there. And John writes for Philly Voice and Sports Illustrated. John, I, I want to talk about the tight ends, I think, before we break on this episode, break the huddle. Um, you mentioned Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard, and possibly the status of a third tight end. So why don't you update us uh, on that position? Yeah, Josh Perkins is another lesser-known player that the Eagles have lost, put him on injured reserve. Uh, so he's uh, out for the season. Um, it's conceivable. It's happened before that uh, – They'll work out an injury settlement, can maybe bring him back at, at some point well later in the season. But uh, he's most likely gone. Um, Tyrone Swoops was brought in. A former People might remember him. He was a quarterback at Texas uh, in his college days, has shifted to tight end, played a little bit in Seattle uh, over the last three seasons. And then you have two young guys. Uh, they picked up Caleb Wilson uh, on waivers. Uh, from Washington, and his his father, Chris Wilson, was the Eagles' defensive line coach under Doug Peterson for a while. Um, and, and and then you have the leader in the clubhouse, so to speak, who's an undrafted free agent, uh, Noah Tagai. Um, but, you know, I, I talk about this position, and everyone says, if you're going to play 12 personnel, you better get some depth for Zach Ertz and Dallas <laughs> Goddard. But Doug Peterson has expressed this in the past, and he's told us flat out, look, I play 12 personnel because I have Zach Hurts and Dallas Goddard. If I don't have them, I'm not playing 12 personnel. It's not like you can find a third-string tight end who's that good. So then you would shift to playing more receivers, and as we just talked about, Ryan, the team is much deeper there, much more well-fortified. Deontay Burnett, by the way, guy nobody talks about. He was one of my 10 thoughts. He's been phenomenal. He's been the most consistent 
receiver in this camp besides Deshaun Jackson. That's how good he's been. So they're a lot better there. So if there is an injury to one of the tight ends, you're not playing 12 personnel. So that third tight end is not nearly as important as people make it out to be. And the first two, well, that's an embarrassment of riches. I mean, it doesn't get better uh, than Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard as far as one, two uh, tandems in this league. No, once again, spoiled. We're a bunch of spoiled brats uh, with certain positions <laughs> in Philadelphia for the Eagles, and tight end is definitely one of them. Uh, a lot of this episode, a lot of the content in this episode was based off of John's excellent article that he wrote uh, for Sports Illustrated at SI.com titled 10 Eagles Practices, 10 Thoughts. The Eagles uh, went through 10 open practices uh, as of yesterday. So John has all the latest. We talked about a lot of his thoughts, uh, but a couple we didn't get into detail. So check out that article. Holyfield, the running back, he seems to be really fighting and potentially uh, fighting for a legitimate role. We'll see. Uh, some trickery that John has noticed in practice, the defensive line that we detailed a little bit in the previous episode. So check out that article and all of his other articles on SI.com as well as Philly Voice. Uh, and this is another great episode, folks, of Extending the Play with John and myself, Ryan Rothstein. John, put a bow on this episode, will you? Well, I think the bow is, as I mentioned, we got two more open practices over the weekend. We're taping this on Friday. Uh, then the Eagles sort of ship back into regular season mode uh, in preparation for September 13th. And I think, Ryan, I think the most exciting part of that is we're going to get to September 13th. We're going to see football. There's going to be no fans in the stands. Uh, Washington has already uh, banned them early in the season. Philadelphia, uh, the state of Pennsylvania, said the Eagles aren't going to be allowed to have fans early in the season. Uh, so that point, that part's a disappointment. But one guy in the NFL is on the COVID-19 list right now. So that has been a positive, And we're going to kick this thing off. So. Uh, we can at least, in, in our times of trouble in society as a whole, we at least have that to, to look for. John, on September 13th, will the Eagles opponent have a name? I don't think so. I've talked about that a lot. I think they're double dipping. In between taking pictures of cheerleaders, I think Daniel <laughs> Snyder wants a double dip on merchandise. Wow, shots fired. And I- – I tend to agree with you, brother. I tend to agree. The Washington football team and the Philadelphia Eagles will be battling September 13th. Uh, We always battle here on Extending the Play for you. Thanks for listening. Subscribe. Share with your friends. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Have a great weekend, everyone. Peace.